You're now listening to a Binge Brew Brain podcast, the show that teaches simple neuroscience-based strategies to ending binge eating, overeating, and emotional eating through the inside-out understanding of your habits. I'm Natalia, your host, and I'm here to help you create wellness without the obsession. Let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Binge Proof Brain podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to tell you what you shouldn't do if you want to recover from binge eating. So after observing dozens of clients, I have a better understanding of what predicts successful eating disorder recovery. I believe that people who recovered from binge eating and who gained their skill to eat intuitively, they acquired certain qualities and skills that allowed them to have relatively smooth recovery. So knowing which skills they possess can be helpful for you too, so that you know what you could be working on. So I created a list of eight things successful recovery warriors don't do. And for each listed strength, I want you to ask yourself, do I possess this quality or skill? And I want to mention that it's a random order, so who knows? Maybe the golden nugget waits for you at the end, so please listen to the whole episode. And also I want to mention that uh, for now, this podcast episode has a title that talks about eating disorder recovery warriors, <laughs> just because, you know, I didn't know how to, how to call them, <laughs> you know. But we were talking about ex-binge eaters, people who recovered from eating disorder, competent eaters, confident eaters, intuitive eaters, my most successful clients. So I want you to know that when I say successful recovery warrior, I mean someone who fought with an eating disorder and won and now experiences food freedom. Okay, let's get to the list. Number one. Successful recovery warriors are not stuck in a fixed mindset. So people with fixed mindset, they avoid taking risks and trying new things because they fear failure. In contrast, people who beat uh, the eating disorder have growth mindset. They believe that their abilities and skills can be developed through effort and perseverance. And my most successful clients don't shy away from change. They see food challenges as opportunities for growth and learning, and they take risks, and they view failure as a temporary setback and also as an opportunity to learn from mistakes. They know that everything is figureoutable. And that mindset helped me as well in my eating disorder recovery journey. It helped me tremendously. And to be honest, it still helps me every day to figure out stuff that I don't know, especially right now that I'm entering a new season of my life. So those are the beliefs that I have with me every single day. I keep repeating to myself that I'm a resourceful, <laughs> sorry, I'm a resourceful person. Okay, maybe I don't know everything, but I know where to find an answer. I can always reach out to people online. I can ask some experts. So I have confidence in myself that I can figure something out. 
And people with growth mindset like that, they are more likely to believe that they can recover from an eating disorder. So if you have a fixed mindset, think about how you can improve it, how you can change to growth mindset. Number two, successful recovery warriors do not try to escape uncomfortable feelings. They have skills to tolerate uncomfortable feelings and their approach is sustainable because we all know about unsustainable approach to escape feelings like alcohol, shopping, binge eating, numbing out with drugs or other things. So my clients acknowledge uncomfortable feelings and they accept them as a normal part of human experience. They do not try to deny or avoid the feeling, but instead they acknowledge it and allow themselves to feel it fully. And that involves being present in the moment and observing their thoughts and feelings without judgment. And this helped them to avoid getting overwhelmed by their emotions. But they also take care of themselves on a day-to-day basis to reduce their vulnerability to intense feelings. And you may ask yourself, how could that look like? Well, just engaging in self-care activities like exercise, meditation, spending time in nature or engaging in creative activities. You have to take care of yourself regularly. You know, two weeks of holidays every couple of months is not enough. I'm talking here about regular self-care practices because things like sleep deprivation, under-eating, illness, chronic pain, they all deplete your resources. And when you need them the most, (laughs) those resources to deal with uncomfortable feelings, you don't have them. So successful recovery warriors know which activities are depleting, which are nourishing, and they try to balance them out so that they have emotional resources when they need them. Number three, successful recovery warriors don't insist on perfection. Insisting on perfection is counterproductive during binge eating recovery for several reasons. First of all, it is unrealistic. (laughs) No one is perfect and striving for perfection sets sets an impossible standard. It leaves you frustrated and disappointed when, of course, you are going to fall short of that standard. (laughs) Also, it creates unnecessary pressure. It's impossible to always get everything right and aiming for perfection leads to stress and overwhelm, at least from my experience. (laughs) It can also lead to all or nothing thinking where you either feel like you are doing everything right or everything wrong. So you are staying on a diet or you are binging hard. And of course, perfection can be a trigger for binge eating because if you like you have failed in your efforts to be perfect, you are more likely to turn to binge eating as a way to cope with the feeling of guilt and shame. And this creates a vicious cycle of binging and perfectionism. And that is very difficult to break. 
So my most successful clients, they aim for B minus work. <laughs> they know that perfectionism is what got them into trouble in the first place. And they know that they need to let go of like a perfect day of eating in order to recover from binge eating. Number four, successful recovery warriors don't try to control uncontrollable. (laughs) Maybe you've heard the part of serenity prayer, especially if you've ever attended AA, NA or OA meeting. So part of the serenity prayer says, higher power, please grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can change and the wisdom to know the difference. So I know for sure that my clients who recovered from eating disorder with help of coaching, they focus on what they can control instead of what they cannot control. Even the Stoics uh, golden rule states that we can't control external events, but we can choose how we respond to them. You can control your attitude. Well, maybe not fully control, (laughs) but at least you have influence over your attitude, Uh, you have more influence over your attitude than over uncontrollable things like the weather or how much sugar is in the cookie that you were just offered. Um, There's also a quote from Viktor Frankl uh, and it says that the last of human freedoms is to choose one's attitude in any given circumstances. Focus your effort on the things within your control. Remember, if it's inside your control, take action. Take action to create the change you want. Of course, that will require time, energy and focus, but usually it's worth it. And if you cannot control it, learn to accept it. I believe that Oftentimes we are just more focused on the things that we cannot control and we miss out on the things that we can positively change. So think about it. Think about the next time a coworker brings cake to your work. Like what is in your control and what isn't? And is this feeling of resentment and anger towards that, um, towards that coworker? Maybe it's misplaced. <laughs> think about it. Number five, successful recovery warriors don't make the same mistakes over and over again. Maybe you've heard a quote. Oh my God, sorry. Today there's a lot of quotes, (laughs) but okay. Maybe you've heard the quote, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And this is what you've been doing with your attempts to lose weight. Always coming back to those same ineffective strategies to shred some pounds. I mean, probably when you first tried them, they did work, but (laughs) your body quickly learned um, uh, defending mechanisms against them. And right now those diets do not work. Uh, You also know that restricting doesn't work long-term to overcome binge eating, but you keep coming back to this strategy because it gives you a sense of safety and control but eventually it leads to uh, you having no control around food. So my clients who successfully recover from binge eating, they are flexible uh, and they adapt quickly to life circumstances. They identify problems that come up in their life 
and they think about creative solutions instead of, you know, walking in circle and trying the same old strategies. They are resourceful. They have a toolbox of options of what to do in any situations. And instead of like sticking to rigid rules, they just uh, rely on creative solutions on their own resourcefulness. Number six, successful recovery warriors don't take life too seriously. They kind of don't waste time feeling sorry for themselves or to dwell on their past mistakes. I believe that your sense of humor plays a huge role in your resilience. In general, people with higher level of resilience, they can feel... Uh, they can experience positive emotions even in the middle of stressful, challenging situations. And of course, I know that humor doesn't ignore difficulties, but it makes them tolerable. So when faced with adversity, people with resilience tend to use positive coping mechanisms, such as finding humor in a situation or laughing at themselves. And of course, I I would lie to you if I would tell you that during my binge eating times, I just laughed at my, I don't know, binge eating problem or something like that. But I was able to find a humor in it. And also sometimes laughing at, at your urges to binge can be a way uh, of you using the cognitive diffusion technique. Um, just, you know, separating yourself from your uh, eating disorder voice. And I believe that by laughing... Uh, you can temporarily reduce the emotional distress caused by the binge or urges to binge, and you can shift your focus to more positive emotions. And when you have more positive emotions, it's easier to find a creative solution. So not taking your binging episodes like too seriously puts your problem in perspective. Because again, I know from my own experience that we, as a binge eaters, we catastrophize everything. <laughs> we, you know, for one binge eating episode, you can blame yourself and you keep repeating to yourself that you are the worst person ever and that you do not deserve to, to live and, and so on. So, uh, again, not taking your binging episodes too seriously, it also reduces negative emotions and it enables you to use your creative brain to come up with solutions on how to better deal with urges to binge and how to better handle similar situation in the future. Number seven, successful recovery warriors don't expect immediate results. They understand that achieving recovery goals may take time and effort and they are willing to put in the work required to achieve long-term food freedom. They also understand that setbacks and failures are a natural part of the process. They are patient, persistent, and they keep pushing forward even when immediate results are not forthcoming. Um, I also think that because my most successful clients don't expect immediate results, they also don't compare their recovery journey to someone else's because they know that it's just counterproductive. Number eight, successful recovery warriors are not afraid to ask for help. They know that when they don't ask for help, they may end up wasting time and effort trying to figure things out on their own. 
I believe that not asking for help increases feelings of isolation because you struggle with binge eating. You probably already feel disconnected from your friends and family and hiding your problem from others, not reaching out for help leads to feelings of loneliness, shame and stress. So asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's actually a strength. Not asking for help makes you fragile because all problems then are on your shoulders. And as we all know, there's only so much a human being can take. So my most successful clients don't see vulnerability as a weakness. For them, it's a sign of courage. And of course, (laughs) uh, it doesn't mean that there's also absence of fear. You can feel the fear, but you can do it anyways. And it's a real sign of courage. Okay, guys, that was it. Eight things my most successful clients don't do. I hope that you enjoyed those ideas about, you know, what kind of areas you could be working on to increase your resilience and to overcome your eating disorder. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please consider leaving a review. Uh, So I'm going to tell you why it is so important and why... Um, you know, the future of this podcast depends kind of on reviews and, and, and stars. Um, I wanted to change something, but um, yeah, anyways, I'm going to explain to you, uh, that to you in other podcast episodes. But for now, I need your reviews. <laughs> That's all what I can reveal. Uh, so thank you so much again for listening to me today and see you in the next podcast. Bye! If you enjoyed today's podcast episode and you would like to stay in touch with me, make sure to follow Binge Pro Brain on Instagram. And if you are ready to take this material to the next level and apply what you've learned, then go ahead and submit your coaching application for my Binge Pro Brain coaching program. Thank you so much for joining me today and have a great day. Bye.